Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's July 7th, 1990, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. As three of the classical music world's foremost tenors, Luciano Pavarotti, Placido Domingo, and Jose Carreras had often been asked to sing together, but whether due to busy schedules or the natural reluctance of opera stars to share the spotlight, they had never accepted the invitations. Until this day, when they appeared together for a special one-off performance in Rome on the eve of the World Cup final, which would unleash an astonishing phenomenon. And maybe the reason that they had previously turned down that particular invitation was because they were concerned that they would get the kinds of reviews like the one that the New York Times wrote when they said, some might argue that the event smacked more of Caesar's palace than Caesar's city, longer on the splashy than the artful. And I think that is in part because of the fact that they were doing a particular type of program that went everything from sort of more serious end of opera through to operetta then to, you know, super light musical stuff. But also, I guess, just getting these three big names and these three big egos in the same place and what a spectacular place they chose, by the way, the famous Roman ruins, the Baths of Caracalla. But they were obviously concerned that something about the showiness would become problematic for them. It's such snobbery, isn't it? That review that you just read out. My God. (laughs) There aren't many gigs from 1990 that I would like to travel back in time and go to. But the beautiful setting, the emotion of what they're singing, it is like the perfect combination of popular culture and art, really. Opera at the football being sung by almost inarguably the best singers of the 20th century. That to say, oh, it's a bit commercial because they're singing Bernstein and Sondheim. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous. But also we're speculating as to why this hadn't happened before. And I'd argue that essentially it hadn't happened before because Jose Carreras hadn't had cancer before. Mm. He was recovering from cancer in the late 1980s and producers from Rye Television Italy had approached him and said, we'd like to kind of you know broadcast your return to the stage and had suggested to him this idea of performing at the World Cup. And he'd said... Let's ask Pavarotti and Domingo if they will sing in trio with me. Note, he didn't pick up the phone himself, lest he be turned down. He asked his people to do it. (laughs) But that's what got the ball rolling, to use a World Cup pun. Um, And you see then, don't you, that the offer to the other two tenors is kind of irresistible. They're being asked to come to the World Cup. They're in front of a historic monument. And crucially, all the money goes to Carreras' Leukaemia Research Institute. It's quite difficult to say no to that. Precisely because it was for charity and no one could have foreseen what was going to happen in the aftermath of the concert, the tenors accepted a flat fee and which they donated to the charity and they didn't have the rights to royalties from the album sales, which obviously no one could have predicted how huge they would end up being. I mean, you know, it would have been expected that they would sell plenty of albums off the back of it because it was being broadcast to a global audience of around 800 million people. I don't think anyone could have foreseen what a chord that performance would strike with so many people who previously had not been interested in or exposed to classical music. 
6,000 people crowded into Caracalla and apparently 100,000 people had actually sought tickets, despite the fact that they were going for as much as like $360 apiece. And Rome's mayor at the time, Franco Carico, said he was under greater pressure from his friends to come up with concert tickets than he was to get people into the World Cup final. And it was a big deal to stage because they're performing in front of this ancient Roman monument, which means they can't put up scaffolding. Any kind of... um technical support that was required for the show to be staged needed to look like the original architecture so they were building kind of fake walls everywhere to conceal all the sound (laughs) equipment etc and planes had to be stopped from flying over the area so that everyone could hear what was happening bear in mind they're hosting the world cup at this point and there's a moment (laughs) when Carreras is gesturing up at the sky in exasperation and that is because a plane had just flown over the area despite the no-fly zone and he's pointing saying "I'm, I'm trying to sing and you can't hear me. Apparently he started out really irritated, but as the plane got closer, he ended up seeing the comedy of it and blows a kiss <laughs> to it <laughs> and then starts singing proper. <laughs> and also it's hilarious as well, the story about how they got to him singing first. There was concern from the organisers about like, how do we how do we broach like who gets to sing what? And um, in the end, they came up with this complete fudge which was, we'll do it alphabetically. We'll do it alphabetically. <laughs> so it's Carreras, Domingo, Pavarotti, which is just like, I mean, can you imagine any version so that funny. didn't end with Pavarotti last? I mean, it would be rather <laughs> awkward for the other two, I feel. Do you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't follow him as the first singer, could you? Whereas this, oh yeah, it's alphabetical. And even though Carreras may have sung first, it was definitely Pavarotti's rendition of Nessun Dorma, which ended up being the standout moment of the concert and the one that's lived on to the point where it sort of still has a, an intangible association with football, mm particularly in the UK, and there's a kind of weird sidebar on this, which is that the BBC were using Ness and Dorma as the theme of their World Cup coverage, but they made that decision before the concert. That was just a weird coincidence. And I think it's that same snobbery we were talking about up top, which explains why the phenomenon wasn't foreseen. The, you know, the usual music that we associate with football is terrorist charts, charity singles... I think there was this idea that the sort of people who watch football might not be that interested. Outside of Italy, where obviously opera is a bit more of a mainstream pursuit. I'm just laughing at the idea of Pavarotti doing a rendition of Vindaloo, which would have been incredible. (laughs) (laughs) What what a shame they hadn't written it at this point in history. (laughs) I think, you know, it turned out that the organisers had underestimated how interested the average person might be in these arias, because yes, it was a programme that mixed highbrow and, well, not lowbrow, middlebrow, you know, musical numbers. But it was those arias and Ness and Dorma that did seem to strike a chord in particular with the fans watching. And I think it just it expressed the passion and the drama that football fans feel for the game in a medium which had never really crossed paths with it before and that many people in the opera world would have seen as being above football. The thing that I found even more remarkable was that in this concert, apparently, the decision to do Ness and Dorma as the encore was taken without rehearsal during the applause at the end of the concert. I mean, I find it staggering to believe that that's possibly true. But that is what all three tenors stand by as the story was like, yeah, you can see us on stage discussing, should we do Ness and Dorma? Should we do that? Or should we just do (laughs) Tonight from West Side Story again? (laughs) (laughs) Just like one of the most iconic moments of what became, by the way, which is why we keep talking about, you know, who'd have known, became the best-selling classical album ever. But 
I do think there is a legitimate criticism or rather a concern, which is that the format of the three tenors repertoire and the people who came after them, the Andrea Bocelli's, the Russell Watson's, when they perform in concert, they are taking the best, the hit pieces from many operas, which is making them more like songs on an album rather than part of a single score that tells a complete story. And I do think if you were an opera fan, that would be really frustrating because imagine that you met someone and they said, I love movies. And you said, oh, what's your favourite movie? And they said, "Um, probably the horse's head scene from The Godfather and the play it again scene from Casablanca you know you wouldn't really feel that you were liking the same thing well Pavarotti's promoter at the time Tibor Rudis criticised all of this carping that came in at them from music critics and he said Yes, we didn't realise in Rome that we created the Beatles for senior citizens. It's something that people had been waiting for for a long time, only no one knew that they were waiting for it. And I think that there's something in that, that, you know, the idea that people would enjoy opera alongside these other styles of kind of lighter music was something that was a discovery at the time. But now it seems so obvious, particularly because you have so many of these sort of crossover acts like the sort of Catherine Jenkins, like Il Devo, that have a sort of operatic background, a pop sensibility and they sell millions. Of course, you know, it's notably those acts are young and glamorous, whereas the three tenors, not so much. But they obviously delivered something that people wanted. But it's, it's full of joy, isn't it? That's the thing. You can see they're having fun and yeah. the music is joyful. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, people who haven't been to the opera before think it's four and a half hours of someone singing because their daughter's been stabbed through the heart. I don't want to go and watch that. But when you go and watch <laughs> kind of essentially what they perform, which is, you know, is the songs from the ads, isn't it? Like, here's yeah. a five minute <laughs> yeah. aria that you all know. It is joyful. And that moment in um, Osolomio, isn't it, where Pavarotti is doing his thing, like his... Um, sort of signature move is he sings at the beginning of O Salomeo in the in the encore oh before he gets on with it and you can see <laughs> the other two dicking about in the background being like let's do it let's let's do that as well let's outdo him and he does it and there's this genuine moment from Pavarotti where he turns around and laughs because he's been <laughs> upstaged by the other two all of that stuff like basically taking rap battle dynamics and putting it on this <laughs> high culture stage is just really fun and there's no reason yeah. that opera can't be fun. And they managed to sort of realise that, as you say, sort of 20 years before everyone else. And this performance became this massive thing that became itself associated with football. And, you know, four years later, the three tenors, as they became known, were called... 30 quid, my dad called them. Yeah, they came back in 1994 to do the World Cup final there and then back in 1998 to, to Paris to do the final and in Yokohama in 2002. So they had this sort of massive connection, therefore, with football from then on. As well as being a big deal for audiences, not just in Italy, but also around the world, it was also hugely important, as Pafferotti later said, for the three tenors themselves. And he said, for all three of us, the Caracalla concert was a major event in our lives. And I hope I'm not immodest to think that it was also unforgettable for most of the people who were present. Because we could say the same thing when we three do our first live appearance. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's on a smaller scale, but uh, we'll include Arian's rendition of Ness and Dorma. Tomorrow. When they first went to Europe, he listed his occupation as atheist democrat philanthropist. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 